Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, September 26, 2019. Coming to you a day late here. I had, uh, had to help my girlfriend move out of her apartment in St. Cloud last night, and then old uh, Crabber had a little late-night volleyball there up at Fletcher's, so I had to uh, push it back here Thursday. We're going to get it up before the Thursday night game, but uh, we'll try to avoid that for any uh, Picks of the Week purposes. Uh, anyway, let's uh, go upstairs and check in with Crabber then. How you doing today there, Crabber? Yeah, exactly. You uh, hit on it. I'm not doing too bad, but uh wanted to get it done yesterday late, but ended up not able, being able to do it and get it done. I had a few different things going on with you, and me myself had to play in a little playoff volleyball match, so unexpected 10 o'clock uh, late night match there Wednesday night, so we didn't really want to quite do it uh, after that at about midnight, so we had to uh, head and push it back to Thursday. I think everyone's dying to know how to go. <laughs> oh, we did get the dub. Uh, not the... Not the not the best squad by any means, but we definitely uh, we definitely got there. So, well, hopefully we can make a run in the playoffs again like we did last uh, last summer there. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, let's uh, jump right into it and start off with a little uh, weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So, how did uh, week three treat you there, Rob? Um, all in all, it's a decent week. I mean, uh, from, from my own perspective, I did had a decent week. Could have been a lot better, but. Ended up making some money, and uh, that's what you want to do. That's the goal, I guess, every week, obviously. But uh, me and myself, from the uh, play perspective on uh, RoanSports.com, only released one play, actually. Had quite a few plays I liked on the podcast and kind of uh, had a group of people I'm with uh, against me on one of my plays on that Seattle, uh, luckily. So I ended up staying away from that game and had some mixed feelings on that Kansas City with the weather, so I stayed away from that one. Um, but that one, we'll talk about that in the next segment here. But, yeah, the only game I actually released was that, Thursday night game Jacksonville, which I don't do too often, but that was about uh, a pretty easy winner there, winning outright twenty to seven, and getting two points there at home uh, on Thursday night. So yeah, that was a no sweater, and uh, yeah, that was the only play I actually had, which uh, I like to get a little more volume going. But at the same time, I think I all in all avoided a couple couple plays that would have been not very good. So all in all, not too bad for me. One and zero didn't sound great, but like I said, couldn't just sometimes uh, having less plays and not losing is uh, better than coming up with more and and, and losing obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes avoiding a loss is just as uh, valuable as getting a win. So it doesn't hurt to be selective. I ended up, I didn't have anything released early in the week. And then uh, other than my pick of the week, which continues to be on fire, I had Indy that they were up a ton. And then uh, Atlanta gave a nice charge, and but Indy held on and ended up covering there. So that was a two-unit play, and I play of the week, and that was good. And then uh, I basically just faded two line movements because there was just a bunch of money that came in on Detroit and on Baltimore. So the the Philly line got down to four there right before kick, and 
and the Kansas City line got down to four and a half, so I released both of those in the play as a play and split those. So went two and one with uh, with a two unit winner, so ended up just under two units profit for the week. So I was pretty happy with that. And uh, a lot of those, like I talked about last week, I parlayed the Browns money line against the Jets a couple Monday nights ago uh, to a, quite a few games that I liked a little bit last week and hit quite a few of those. So it was a real good week for me personally, um, along with a uh, you know. Decent week for my uh, my release play. So, and then not only just from a betting standpoint, but just from an entertainment standpoint, there's a lot of a lot of pretty fun games to watch last week with the the Giants Bucks craziness, and then Texans Chargers was pretty exciting, and uh, you know even Saints Seahawks was kind of crazy. There's just a lot of a lot of interesting games, Ravens Chiefs. So uh, it, was, it was a fun fun week of football, definitely super entertaining. So hopefully uh, week four here coming up will be more of the same. But before we get to that, let's uh, jump in and do uh, getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so I think there was a few qualifiers here for the getting the best of the number segment. What uh, what, what was happened last week that uh, where the number game into play? Yeah, absolutely there, Frank. Uh, more than a few, actually, the most we've had here in quite a while. So I had a whole full slate. Let me get to them. The first one we had, Denver Green Bay, the total. That game opened 43 or 43 and a half, uh, closed all the way as low as 41 and a half. That one landed 21 to 16, right in the number of 43. So, a uh, pretty good example there. Got a few here, so let me breeze through them. And then the next one, you already mentioned it, I already mentioned it as well, that Baltimore Kansas City game. Uh, perfect example of that one there on the side. Six and a half is the opener across the board, Kansas City at home, and it closed, uh, like you said, as low as four and a half. And, uh, me, myself, yeah, you were on that and I was on it as well. I did. Take a little bit of that at close. Figure it just uh, was too low in my eyes against that Baltimore team. That I think is a little bit fraudulent. And sure enough, landed 33-28, landed right on five. And we can get into that in a little bit about uh, about those that, that game. I think it was an interesting game. Uh, next one, Atlanta Indy, another one you're on. That one opened uh, at three in some places. I think most of, most places opened three. It just got bet pretty quickly earlier in the week, so that was a little bit tougher to get. But it sure was three. Uh, it got it closed, uh, you know, somewhere in the one one and a half range. It's a little bit uh, more arbitrary with uh, that number, but yeah, somewhere lower than that for sure. And that landed twenty seven to twenty four, right on three. Next one was the Jets and New England total. That one opened pretty high, forty six and a half, uh, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on the book you're looking at. And that one closed as low as forty three, and that one uh, that game landed thirty to fourteen, right on forty four. So another perfect example. Very widely available uh, under if you got bet it early, and then very widely available over if you bet it late, and you would have won either side. And the final one here that we had, uh, Pittsburgh-San Francisco total, uh, open 44, 44 and a half. I was actually on this one, unfortunately. I had a big play on it, and got a little bit of win, got a little bit on the right side, a little bit on the wrong side, and a little bit right on 44. So this one landed 24 to 20, like I said, right on 44. And this one opened, like I said, 44, 44 and a half, then came down to 43, 43 and a half after we kind of hit it on Thursday and then uh, came back up to 44 and a half or 45 at kickoff. So that one kind of had a roller coaster of a ride up and down. But again, uh, if you bet it at the right time, you could have won either either end. So that's a little loaded segment there for getting the best number. But I think uh, like we tell Hammer Home every week, just uh, super, super important to get the best of the number for uh, any bet you do make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's, let's jump right into week four here, huh? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Uh, the first, first of the buys coming this week, or yeah, this week for the year. Uh, we have the Jets and the Niners both on buy. So one team that's, uh, undefeated and one team that's struggling mightily. So we won't see either of them in week four. Um, so if you're 
waiting to hear us break down a game of them on the podcast. You'd probably turn it off now or wait till next week. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're back to so we got eight early games on Sunday and then four late games, which all in all is pretty good. I'll definitely take that. I, I love the only eight early. And then we also got the the prime time, the Thursday, Sunday, Monday nighters as well. So let's start it off. And uh, Thursday night, we got uh, the Eagles heading to the Packers. Uh, looks like the Packers are about a four point home favorite here with a total of 47. Yeah, um, I'll do it every, like I do every week. I'll give my power A number of what the, just the strict numbers come out to be. And then I'll give the Westgate uh, Superbook there in Las Vegas what the look headline is. From the week before, and then as well as what it opened here uh, on Sunday. Usually it's when they open it Sunday afternoon, what the opener was for this game, as well as what the total opened. Uh, usually they open that either sometimes Sunday, but most of the time Monday morning. So, yeah, this game here, Philly at Green Bay Thursday night. My power rating number, Green Bay minus six. Look at line, Green Bay two and a half, and the Westgate open. Green Bay four and a half, and the total here open 47. Um, I, uh, this one to me, I think it's, uh, it's a little bit tougher of a game. I, I obviously had a pretty strong opinion last, uh, last week on Thursday for that Jacksonville side. And I think you definitely got to look at the home team here again. I mean, power rating numbers would look at the Green Bay side. And the problem is, is I just, I'm not too, I'm, I'm not too in love with this Green Bay team at all. I, the offense has been pretty shaky. Hasn't been able to score much, especially in the second half. And we've seen that against, uh, obviously played some good defenses in Minnesota and Chicago, but. Uh, at the same time, it just, they're not really clicking. I think the one thing to caveat that with, though, is I think they could potentially click at some point. So that's why this could be a dangerous team, especially with this, this defense, uh, I think significantly better. Um, but right now, I don't think they're clicking on all cylinders in offense, but I think Rodgers, uh, potentially could get it working. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure he will for sure, but I think it's, I won't be super shocked if later in the season they kind of got it going and made another playoff run. But, uh, with that all being said, I think this is a better spot for Philly, uh, I was on them last week, and like you were as well, and just all the injuries I think kind of caught up with them, and that's that's just a bad spot here uh, from injury perspective for them on a short week. So to me, there's just kind of a lot of indicators pointing both ways. Power rate numbers to Green Bay, Philly I think in a better spot other than the injury perspective than you lean to Green Bay. So to me, I think it's a little bit too convoluted. I think uh, for me, it just maybe probably pass aside, maybe lean Green Bay. I think if anything, um, if you want to maybe look over the total a little bit, maybe a sloppy game on Thursday and, uh, the offenses are trying to prove themselves here and get some, some points on the board. Yeah. I, I just haven't been impressed at all with this Green Bay squad. Uh, I bet against them last week with, uh, the Broncos and, and didn't quite get there, even though I feel like they definitely should have. The Broncos turned it over a couple times when they were driving and, uh, Gave gave points to Green Bay when they should have been taking them themselves, and still were right on the cusp of covering, and just fell a little bit short there, losing by 11. Um, I don't know. I think the defense is pretty solid for Green Bay, but the the offense just hasn't looked great. I mean, basically the whole year, you can say they've went against pretty solid defenses in the Bears, Vikings, and Broncos, but the the Packers have just really not been able to move up and down the field. Most of their productions resulted off of off of turnovers, and I know against the Broncos, they opened up the scoring with a long, a long uh, uh, signature Rodgers play where he draws the offsides and then throws a bomb that they happen to connect with. But they just really haven't been able to sustain drives much, and um, that just I just don't think they're they're a three and and0 great team. And I guess the point spread doesn't really reflect that totally against a pretty banged up Philly squad. Who I bet last week and. Um, there's some flukiness in that game against the Lions. I know the Lions would have turned to pick six, and then the Eagles blocked a kick late, and it was kind of a weird, sloppy game. Um, I think the Eagles have a high ceiling as the season goes on, but with all their injuries right now, 
I'm not totally sure what to make of where they're at. Uh, if these teams were, if I knew they were both at full strength, they're pretty close. I would love the Eagles here. Uh, but for that reason, I'll probably end up having something on the Eagles, but, uh, not, not a full play by any means. But with a couple teams here, um, I'm definitely looking to bet against Green Bay in the right spot. And I don't think this is quite the right spot yet. So, um, yeah, like I said, small play in Philly and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, all right, to the Sunday games. First game up is Carolina with Kyle Allen at quarterback instead of Cam Newton still. Heading to Houston. Uh, looks like Houston's a four-point home favorite here with a total of 47.5. Oh, yeah, my power rating here, Houston minus six. Uh, there's no look headline, like you said, with the whole Cam uh, controversy at quarterback. And the Westgate here open Houston minus four, and the total here open 46. Uh, the tough game for me. I, uh, I kind of leaned, uh, kind of looking to bet the Houston side here, but unfortunately, uh, for me, I, uh, kind of similar to last week with that Seattle game, kind of have information coming on the other end. So I'm actually pretty heavy here on Carolina already. Uh, in the week, I saw it came down here, uh, it was four and a half earlier today and hit it, got hit, uh, we hit it pretty good and, uh, this morning and yeah, it came down. So I right now currently have some Carolina in my pocket, but I don't know. I'm not, not in love with the play. I think I said I, I looked at the Houston side more so, but, uh, with that, Mixed information, I think, for me, it's going to be a, a stay away. I, I really don't have an opinion on this game. I think it will be a pretty interesting game. Um, I think the one thing to note, and more of my handicap with that Houston side uh, and looking forward in all these games is these these quarterbacks that came in, whether it be Carolina or the Giant, that are coming in uh, in relief of these you know older quarterbacks and <laughs> rookie quarterbacks, whatever it be. Uh, they had, it's pretty good showings last week, but I think if anything, you want to look to bet against those because, you know, the defensive coordinators get another week to, or one week to see what they're doing and to try to game plan against them. I think that's going to put a lot of, uh, you know, stoppage in their, in their offensive attack and what they can do. Cause once they have some film on them, it's a lot harder for quarterbacks to keep being successful. And granted, it is only one week, but I think that's something to keep note of. Definitely don't get too high up on these, uh, these, these young quarterbacks that just played uh, really well yes, uh, last week. So that's where I would put in for this game. But as for the actual side total, I, don't have an opinion, like I said. It's uh, uh, I think it'll be a good good game to watch and something you can get a lot of information from. Yeah, see, I, I I agree somewhat, but like I don't think there's anything that was all that fluky about Kyle Allen's performance. And he wasn't like phenomenal, but he was definitely very like a solid. I don't want to say like a game manager because he definitely made some plays, but I think it, in a in a way, Cam's just looked off for a while now. So I think upgrading just to a capable quarterback from his inaccuracy and once he kind of lost his mobility, uh, I don't know if it's just because he's getting older or just taking too many hits or if he's just been injured for a while. But uh, I don't know if if Kyle Allen can can do similar or close to what he did last week. I think this Panthers team is is actually pretty interesting going forward. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I totally trust that though. It might have just been you know the, the aberration coming out and catching him by surprise and maybe they will adjust like you were saying. So I don't know if I'm like, as far as my confidence factor goes, it's not super high backing the Panthers, but that's kind of the way I would look. And then Houston, yeah, they ended up beating the chargers by seven at the chargers, which is a solid win, but we watched all that game and I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was sort of back and forth and nobody was super impressive and, there's nothing like there wasn't anything fluky about the game necessarily, but I didn't come away from that game saying, "Wow, the Texans are just so sound," and I'm really looking to back them going forward. They just they, the Watson will make plays here and there, uh, but their offensive line is still a mess, and 
I know Carolina had a ton of sacks last week against the Cardinals, and I don't expect them to necessarily duplicate that every week, but it seems seems like this is kind of it should be like a three, maybe a three and a half point game. So it seems to me like you're getting a touch of value on the Panthers, but I don't know if I necessarily trust them enough to actually release this as a play. But that's that's the side I would look to. It would be put a little bit of money on on the Panthers myself. Uh, next game we got a AFC North battle here. Looks like we got Cleveland heading to Baltimore. Uh, it looks like Baltimore's anywhere from six and a half with extra juice to uh, seven with juice towards Cleveland here as a favorite. And a total of 45 or so? Um, yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore minus 5.5. Look headline, Baltimore 3.5. Westgate open, Baltimore 5.5. And, and the total here open, 46. A little bit downward play on that total under. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have, don't have a huge opinion on the total, but I think if anything, I'd, I'd probably look a little bit more over. Um, I think especially if I would expect this game to maybe keep coming down too before kickoffs. So maybe something to bet late here before kickoff and try to take over. Uh, especially down to like that 44 range. I think, uh, I'd like the over a little bit there. That's a side perspective. Uh, don't love it, but I think, uh, you definitely got to look at Cleveland or pass. I think this Baltimore team's getting a little bit too much respect. I took advantage of that last week. I know I mentioned it in the first segment of the pod here this week, but, uh, like Kansas City a lot. I know I talked about it on the podcast and, uh, the week before and, and the game didn't play out at all that extent because they landed right on five, like I said. I don't know. It was a pretty fluky game. I mean, Kansas City had that in hand the whole time. They pretty much dominated Baltimore, and then they just came back late and, and got a, a backdoor cover. And it uh, wasn't all, all that impressive, Baltimore. We know how Kansas City, with, with they, the way they operate with Andy Reid and that offense, they, they strike right away in the first half or so, and especially if they're up by a lot. And then they kind of just calm it down and slow the game down and just kind of be conservative. And, you know, we see it almost every week with Kansas City. Uh, so I don't put a whole lot of stock in a Baltimore second half uh, against a, a really shaky, uh, one of the worst defenses in Kansas City. So, uh, to me, it's a lot of points for Cleveland, especially after getting pretty embarrassed uh, in prime time there last week. I think this is a spot where Cleveland needs to step up, especially with all the, all the talent they have. But the, the reason I'm staying away, potentially staying away from it, just for the fact that uh, Mayfield looks like he's kind of lost back there. I don't know, the, the, the line's having trouble blocking. He just uh, hasn't looked like he's been clicking at all. So I don't know if that's going to change. It makes me a little worried, but I think value-wise, you got to look at Cleveland for sure. Yeah, I like Cleveland quite a bit here. Uh, I get a little scared that I'm just you know, stubborn and just want to keep fading Baltimore, but it, it did it did work for me last week, even by the slimmest of margins. But I don't even think Baltimore should have, like you said, they were getting blown out by Kansas City, and they just I just thought they looked a, a pretty big step down from the other elite teams in the league. I know when you listen to a lot of different podcasts and whatnot, you hear everybody saying, "Well, I think Baltimore is you know the clear third best team in the AFC, and they might even challenge one of the." the top two and I just I just don't don't think so. Like I mean they could have easily lost to Arizona a couple of weeks ago and Arizona's looked pretty horrible outside of that game and then uh you know they could have very easily just got blown out by Kansas City if they went to got a couple of touchdowns late to make it look more respectable. So I just I think the Ravens are getting credit of of a top tier of you know elite level team and I just don't think they are. And then on the flip side the Browns I, I was on the Browns uh, last Sunday night against the Rams and didn't quite get there. But if they make that last touchdown, which they were a heavy favorite to when they're at the goal line there late in the game and either tie or win the game or lose by one to the Rams team that everybody was betting like they knew the final score, um, you know, then then how does the evaluation of the Cleveland team change? So, uh, you know, it's hard to take away from that week one game against the Titans that, you know, you don't really know what you're getting. And then the week two game against the Jets with, the the backup and the third string in there it's hard to really 
take too many strong takeaways from that, too, when they win easily. And then last week, it was kind of a coin flip game in a lot of ways. They're late. So uh, I think if they would have won that game last week against the Rams and Baltimore would have lost by 20 like they easily could have to Kansas City, I think this number's coming in at like four or four and a half. So uh, I think it's a lot of this number's just result-based in the last couple weeks, and I think you're getting a few extra points on Cleveland. And I do hear your concerns with Baker. just hasn't looked all that comfortable in the pocket. And this Ravens defense, I'm not really sure how good it is, but that's absolutely a concern. But I just think, uh, you know, player for player, these rosters just aren't that much different. And if you would have made this line coming into the season, it probably would have been a flat three or right in that ballpark. So, I mean, Baltimore's played the Dolphins, the Cardinals, and then they made it look close against the Chiefs. So it's just really not all that impressive of a resume, if you ask me. Uh, for I don't I don't mean to jump in, but not, not only at the start of the season. I mean, just just look at line last week was Baltimore three and a half. So yeah. not even <laughs> pretty yeah. uh, pretty crazy adjustment. Exactly, and so then that's the case. That's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up. And so that's if you go to if you go before the season started, then it'd probably be even closer to the other side of three. It might even be you know Baltimore two and a half or something along those lines. So uh, this is just pretty crazy adjustment for me. And uh, I'll just about especially at seven, I'll absolutely be releasing Cleveland as a play, even though I haven't yet because it looks like the money's kind of coming towards Baltimore here. And uh, but either way, regardless of other six and a half, seven. Anywhere in there, I definitely think Cleveland's worthy of a bet. All right, uh, next game, we got Washington heading to uh, Danny Dimes and the New York Giants. Looks like the Giants are a uh, three-point here, home favorite with juice towards the dog, and uh, 49.5 the total. Oh, yeah, my power rating here, uh, let's see, give me a second. Uh, my power rating here, sorry, I wasn't sure if my mic was on or not. Um, my power rating here, new Giants minus two and a half. Look at line, Giants minus two. Westgate open, Giants minus three, and the total here open 47 and a half. Yeah, I think, like I said, kind of like with that, uh, Carolina game, I think there's just a lot of respect here for the, this, these new quarterbacks. And uh, Grant, I know it's, I know it's definitely warranted to an extent, but I think you gotta kind of slow your roll a little bit. Uh, it's just one game. I don't think you can, uh, make a huge, long-term assessment here of what's going to happen. And like I said, obviously it looked good and there's making some downfield throws and gives the Giants some life. But at the same time, you know, like I said, it's one game. So um, to me, it's uh, I'm not a huge Keenum fan, but I think you, you got to look at Keenum as a better quarterback uh, than Jones. And it just comes down to, <laughs> I don't know, this Washington team, Washington team is tough to bet on. Don't get me wrong. That's for sure. Uh, especially after that performance on primetime. But I mean, look at spot wise, you look at, uh, where everybody's heads at and everything uh, from the team perspective. I mean, it's just a really good spot for Washington. It just uh, comes down to the talent and the actual team is just uh, tough to bet on. So I think it's kind of a hold your nose type of game for me. Uh, Washington at three, gotta be, it's got to be where you look. Uh, it's just going to be uh, tough, tough to get to the window. But like I said, I think it's kind of just a game you maybe bet on and don't even try not to watch it because it might be tough too. But I think that's just where the value is here and where it lies. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, the, the other thing too is that total. I think you're seeing a pretty uh, – <laughs> pretty high total and I don't think it has a lot to do with these offenses being super explosive like you'd see in this range of almost 50 it's more so to do with how poor these defenses are so I think you got to keep that in note too so it looks like it might be a little bit of a shootout and I know Keenum looked pretty awful on primetime last week through a lot of interceptions made some really awful throws and I know we've been talking about the pod for several years now about how we're not a big Keenum case Keenum fan but I think in a defense that's uh, way worse than the Bears obviously you're talking about one of the best defenses compared to one of the worst defenses it might be the top of the spectrum and the end of the spectrum but um uh, I think he was going to have a lot more success here. I trust him more so in this spot than Jones, especially in a 
big game. Uh, you know, Washington needs this game, obviously. The Giants need as well. They're going home. But the home field advantage for the Giants, I don't have is that good either. So, yeah, to me, it's just every indicator here leads to Washington. Uh, again, it's not going to be the easiest bet to make. not going to be a huge bet, but I'm going to have a little bit of money on Washington before the, before the kickoff. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I think I like the over a little bit more than the Washington side, but that's definitely the way I would look as well. Um, I've been as critical of Keenum as anybody since he's been with the Vikings and thought he was definitely uh, more of a, a lucky 13-3 and season he had with the Vikings than anything. And He's had a lot of mediocre to bad years in the league. I think those are more who he is than the one great year. And I think this year's definitely reinforcing that as well. Um, but the thing you got to remember with Keenum is he can definitely throw it around and against a bad defense where they're giving him big windows to work with. I mean, he can be effective and move the ball down the field pretty pretty well. So last week he kept trying to fit it into the spots that the Bears just were baiting him into, basically, and then that combined with him fumbling was just kind of a disaster uh, for the Redskins. But, yeah, you, like you said, you stepped down in class a ton here against a horrific Giants defense that's been giving up points like crazy. Uh, they gave up 35, 28, 31. So, you know, they're giving up 30 points a week. And then on the flip side, I don't want to get old, go overboard and start praising uh, Daniel Jones as the next next great thing, but he's definitely, uh, I think, invigorated that offense and given him some life. And and uh, just from the one-game sample size last week, they put up quite a few points. And uh, he looks, you know, he's obviously a lot more uh, elusive in the pocket than, than Eli is, which isn't saying much. But uh, I just think just the general feel of uh, of the Giants team is a lot more, a lot more excited. And then uh, I think, Washington will be able to put up some points, and then their defense isn't all that great either. So, uh, you know, you got the rookie who might make some mistakes, and you got Keenum who's just about guaranteed to make some mistakes, and that's good for overs in a lot of ways because as long as they're not doing it in the red zone and giving away points out of nowhere, uh, it's going to be they're both should be good leading to points for one team or the other. So, I like the over in this game quite a bit. Um, I'm just going to kind of keep betting. I had a bet on the Giants Tampa over last week, and I wasn't sure how it was going to play out with the. the Jones coming in for, for Eli, but I don't think it's uh, stopped me at all based on the way last week played out and how how they look. So I think I'm going to keep banging Giants overs here until the numbers adjust, and this is another one where I have no problem going over 49, 49 and a half, any, anywhere in there. Uh, next game we have the Chargers heading to Miami. Uh, looks like uh, the Chargers are laying 15 and a half here on the road with a total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Chargers minus 14. The look at line charges minus 16 and a half. Westgate open charges minus 17 and the total here open 44 and a half. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's the same kind of song and dance here with this, with this Miami squad every week. I don't, I don't want to belabor it, but I think this, uh, if anything, I was on Miami again last week. I've been on the last couple of weeks, uh, not, not by a choice of mine, but just kind of following, uh, following what I need to do, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of tough to bet on another, another game. I didn't really wa- we didn't really watch much of the Miami Dallas game, but from what I saw going through the box score, everything else it seems like it was a little bit more closer than uh, than it should have been, uh, than the final score indicates, and it probably should have been a cover for Miami, I would think, as opposed to the other big spread with the Jets uh, Patriots game, which we'll get to in a few games here. But uh, yeah, to me, this I think this is for any spot for Miami. If I think the other games with Miami that they played so far this season, I think were definitely not unbettable almost, or, or definitely not great spots. But I think if anything, I think this would be one of the times where you could maybe see this. I could I could see a bet, uh, a legitimate bet here on Miami uh, at the current price. I think at home against this Chargers team that's been banged up, they've been you know shooting themselves in the foot uh, 
uh, last week against Houston, the week before against Detroit. It seems like they're just trying to lose, and uh, I think it's definitely possible they might come out and play a really stellar game and look like they're a good team. But at the end of the day, I think they're a pretty flawed team, and I think a little bit over over uh, power rate in some people's uh, in book right now with this Chargers team. So to me, I think uh, obviously I'm not going to be laying this many points on the road. We know that, but it's uh, it might be a better spot for Miami than the last at least for the last couple weeks in this big point spread range. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I, I don't know if I'm gonna like enough to bet it myself, but uh, the Chargers team definitely isn't a team I trust with their coaching and just I don't know the way the amount of mistakes mistakes they make in general. They're not a team I trust to lay three scores on the road, uh, even if it is against a horrific Dolphins team. It's just not really something I'm interested in. Uh, they, they said we watched that game close last week, and they had a bunch of opportunities to pull away and put that game to, to rest against the Texans. They ended up losing by a touchdown. And then the week before, obviously, I was on them against the Lions where they just shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. So if you're going to be laying this kind of price, I'd much rather do with a team like the Patriots or somebody that you know is at least uh, sound as an organization isn't going to make a lot of dumb mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot because your margin for error when you're laying that kind of spread, uh, you know, there's not, not a whole lot of margin for error. So it would be a little worrisome for me, and I just – I'd look towards Miami, but then again, like you said, a couple of years ago when I kept betting the Browns and kept losing money, um, I just think Miami, if, if I might miss a better two over the course of the season, but I just think there's there's better opportunities out there, and I'll uh, I'll just pass this game and and move on. I have I do have a uh, you know a couple survivor pools going, and I've just basically bet against Miami pretty much every week in it, or picked the team against Miami, and for whatever reason, I have a little bit of hesitation <laughs> putting that. Uh, putting that Chargers pick in, but I just think it's such a superior pick to everything else. I think I'm going to do it reluctantly, but it is it does give me a little pause for the first time here this year. Uh, next game, we got Oakland heading to Indianapolis. It uh, looks like Indianapolis is a seven-point favorite here with juice towards the dog and a total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, Indy minus seven and a half. Look headline, Indy minus six. The Westgate open, Indy minus seven, and the total here open 44 and a half. To me, this is a pretty interesting game. I think, uh, I mean, we kind of know this Oakland team. They're kind of just in shambles and, you know, the, obviously gotten, getting rolled last week by the, the Vikings team and didn't really show you a whole lot there. I think it was kind of somewhat expected. Uh, I guess you can't really say that because I didn't go lay the wood with the Vikings, but, uh, at, at the same time, I'm not super shocked by that end result there at the, the Oakland at, at, at Minnesota. But this, I think, is a little bit more interesting because I think Indy is a superior team. I think if you just, Look at it like on a neutral, they should be, I think they're a little bit better than, uh, like I said, the power rating suggests this is, that this is a bet on for Indy. But at the same time, I think Indy's a type of team that kind of plays a little bit more closer to the vest and a little bit closer game. I think we've seen that in every, every game so far. I don't really see them like blowing the doors off into any team like Kansas City or anything like that. So, or the you know, Patriots either type yeah, of team. One so. by two, or the one by three, one by two, lost by six. So it's definitely figured yeah. that out so far. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of just what, for me watching them, I mean, I didn't even look at the, the scores kind of just off of memory, but just from watching this team, that's just kind of how the way they seem they play, like they play. It seems like they kind of get more or less aggressive depending on the situation. So I think, like I said, I think the numbers kind of point to Indy in a way. I think, uh, especially if you can get it at seven, a little bit reduced juice, I think that's not bad. But the problem is, like I said, it's, I think it's hard to lay this many points with Indy. I think they're kind of similar to me, like the Chargers were a few years ago. They, they're a team that you like catching points with. Staying in the game, keeping it close, but laying a, a bigger number like this, it's just it's just kind of tough. But uh, with that being said, I do have some money on Indy already. Um, uh, bet earlier today, but at the same time, uh, like I said, I'm not super confident on it. Uh, it's, uh, it's I think this will just be an interesting game again. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Andy's, I, they were obviously my play of the week last week, and I loved him laying a point and a half where you're pretty much just telling him to win the game for the most part, and then you cash your bet. So I was, I was really high on him, and I do think that they're, uh, they've been underrated since Luxman out, and I think Brissett's a great, you know, game manager type quarterback where I think he has the lowest reception rate of, like, anybody in the last 20 years with a certain amount of minimum attempts. But, uh, that's, I think it's not necessarily that mean he's, you know, the best by any means, but it's just he's ultra conservative and which is good because he doesn't turn the ball over for you. So you're not going to beat yourself that often, but it's also not really a recipe for running scores up on people. And I think, you know, your eye test, like you were talking about, along with the scores, along with the, you know, Brissett's stat lines and everything, it all pretty much paints a similar picture that, Indy's just going to be a solid team that's not going to beat themselves. And we, we both like Reich as quarterback. I mean, not as quarterback, as, uh, as the coach. <laughs> Was he trying another with the one bar? <laughs> um, but no, we both like him as a head coach. And, uh, so I think they're just like a really solid team, but like, there's just not a team I really want to lay, lay a touchdown or more with. Um, so I, I'd rather, much rather have them in a, in an underdog role or a very short favorite role. Um, so, but I also, I don't know, I just don't really want any part of Oakland. They just looked lifeless last week against the Vikings. And maybe maybe that's more uh, attributed to the Vikings because they did the same thing to Atlanta a few weeks ago at home. So maybe they're just a really strong road, or really strong home team. Uh, but then again, like outside of uh, the first quarter, they, the Raiders looked awful against Kansas City at home a couple weeks ago. But then again, you could say, well, you know, they're, uh, the Chiefs may be the best team in the league, and then last week they kind of run into a buzzsaw. The Vikings getting a bad taste out of their mouth uh, at, at uh, U.S. Bank after uh, getting beat by the Packers, and then they beat the Broncos by eight at home of week one. So maybe, I don't know, I guess my, the, the thing is with the Raiders is I'm not t- totally confident whether they're a below-average team or an awful team. And the only way I would ever even consider betting Indy here is if I knew the Raiders were an awful team. But I also don't want to bet the Raiders because if they are, then I just there's just not a team I want to bet when you're not even really getting a full touchdown without laying juice. So um, it's yeah, not really a game that I'm that interested betting wise. But uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, I guess, to see if if Oakland can at least be competitive this week. I just won't be involved financially. Uh, next game we got Kansas City laying six and a half on the road here, heading to Detroit. The uh, undefeated Detroit Lions. Total of fifty four and a half, fifty five. Um, yeah, my power rating here: Kansas City minus six. Look headline: Kansas City minus four and a half. Westgate open: Kansas City minus six and a half, and the total here open uh, pretty high, fifty four. Uh, this game here, uh, I, I don't know. It, it seems to me, like I, like I said, I was on Kansas City last week. I pretty pretty confident about that play until I got the weather information. Uh, They're late about how bad the weather's going to be there in Kansas City at Arrowhead, but that kind of gave me a little bit of pause on that game. But with that being said, I'm, I'm pretty high on this team, so I think that goes to show you uh, where, where where you'd be looking. But then I, I just don't know. As, as high as I am, I guess what it comes down to, as high as I am on this team, I still can't imagine laying this many points on the road. And, and I, I think my perspective for this Detroit team is, I think, lower than the public's perspective. And my Kansas City, I don't know if it's necessarily higher because it's got to be pretty high, but it's it's definitely pretty – uh, you know, some on the higher teams, I'm going to be more apt to be undervalue them uh, or think they're overvalued and you know, as opposed to undervaluing them. And, you know, just the opposite for the, the lower teams, the worst teams, because that's what the public's going to do. They're obviously going to overvalue these these bigger favorite teams. But at the same time, I think my, my, my 
power rating, my expectation of Kansas City, I think, is right there with the public, and Detroit's less than that. But I think with that being said, I think you still got to look at the Detroit side here. I mean, just a lot of points, but they, like you said with that Philadelphia game last week, pretty fluky. I mean, they had the, the punt return or kick return, whatever it was, and uh, that fumble by Aguilar, and the, the, just a lot, a lot of different things went their way. And, and then drop passes by Philadelphia, there's a lot of drop passes, and, and just, uh, you know, go down the line. Then you look at Detroit the, the week before against the Chargers, kind of the same type of story. And it's, I don't know if it's just them being, you know, really fortunate and lucky or if they have something to do with that. I guess that's kind of the more, uh, you're not really sure, the question mark. But that all being said, uh, obviously I'd like to get that, that seven, get a full touchdown. I don't know if that's going to get there or not. But if, uh, if it does, you definitely got to look at the, the touchdown. But even six and a half, I think a little bit of value on Detroit and, uh, again, I think it's a tough team because I'm not too high on this Detroit team, but just, uh, again, looking at the number, I think that's where you got to look. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that'll definitely be the, the you know, sharp, quote-unquote, sharp side. But I just, I don't have any faith at all in this Detroit team. I think they're just totally smoking mirrors. Uh, you know, the tie against the Cardinals where they blew it was not impressive whatsoever, I didn't think, and the Cardinals team hasn't done much since then, and then, the Chargers win, I think, was totally fraudulent week two, and then even last week was maybe their most impressive performance, but it's still just against a super banged-up Eagles team that is kind of a weird game that they held on and won that they were trying to give away. So I I don't know. I I don't really – there's been sharp money on the Lions, I think, every week here, so maybe, maybe they're seeing something I'm not, but I just don't have much faith in them whatsoever. But then on the flip side – Kansas City, which I like quite a bit. I'm super high on their offense, I think, with everybody else. But their defense is really – I mean, it should have been able to hold Baltimore last week and cover that game fairly easily, and it was pretty unfortunate the way Lamar just kept throwing up 500 balls and the Ravens kept coming down with them. So maybe that was a little bit unlucky of a performance, so maybe I'm discrediting their defense too much. But it is hard when you're trying to lay close to a touchdown here in the road with a team where you don't really trust their defense can – can hold off Stafford, and I mean, how many times could you see Stafford scoring that meaningless touchdown to sneak through the back door before they do an onside kick that doesn't get there? Um, that's just not a position I want to be in. Even if the game goes the way you envision it, you're still not even necessarily going to for sure cash. Um, but then, uh, like I said, I just I don't really want any part of this game myself. Even I guess maybe teasing the the Kansas City down, but I'd much rather try to find. Uh, teams to tease up through the number or tease uh tease home teams down to a the, basically the pick'em range. I know that uh I think it was on Gill's show he was talking about that historically the of the tease up down through the three, six and seven home and away that teasing uh down from through the seven and the three at home and teasing up home or away has has been historically profitable for teasers, but the teasing home or road favorites from this situation, six and a half down to a half, uh, historically hasn't been a profitable spot. And I think it'll probably get there because I think Kansas City's going to win the game, but I don't think it's a, you know, quote unquote sure enough thing to, uh, really, uh, you know, suggest that you should do that this week in this spot. So that's, I, I, I think I would want to bet Kansas City here, but I just don't, don't think it's a, a great number too. So for me, it's probably a stay away game and, I'll uh, probably end up rooting for Detroit just to see if they can become even more overvalued so I can bet against them in the future. Uh, next game, we got uh, a little AFC East battle here. We got uh, the undefeated New England Patriots heading to the undefeated Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, looks like New England's laying seven with extra juice here in the road with a total of 42 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New England minus five. Look at line, New England minus six and a half. Opened here, New England seven, and the total here opened 43 and a half. Um, I think that's kind of a similar handicap. I think it's kind of just a little bit redundant here. I think kind of similar to the last game, but I mean, to me, it's a Buffalo or pass. You're going to pay a huge tax with New England, but the problem is, you know, betting against New England. We said it before, you hear it a lot around, uh, if you listen to at least some sharper podcasts about how people bet against New England here for the last <laughs> better part of 10 years, I guess, with Belichick and Brady and just keep getting burned. So that's obviously you got to have a little pause with that. But, I mean, you're looking at seven extra juice on New England. I mean, it's just a, a no-brainer. I, I just don't know how you'd lay this uh, big of a price here in New England. And I'm not super high on this Buffalo team. I think it's been a little fluky what they've been able to do. But I, I think at the same time, they, I think they have a little bit of life. I think the defense might be a little bit more for real than people are giving credit for. And, and then not a huge Allen fan, but uh, not, not really at all. But at the same time, I think he – He's not as bad as some of these guys. I think he's a he's a middle of the road or maybe a little bit slightly worse than middle of the road quarterback. So I think they might have some fighting life here, and especially the fact that New England's kind of blown off blown out their last two opponents. Grant, they were the Jets in Miami, but I think this could be, if anything, a little bit closer game. But uh, you know, again, it's kind of tough to bet against the Patriots and Brady. But I, I, where I'm going to look, just uh, taking the points here at Buffalo, pretty simple handicap. Yeah, I actually like Allen a decent as a quarterback. He'll make some boneheaded plays. But he also can move around quite a bit, and he'll throw it downfield. And um, as a quarterback, at least you have a chance when you're backing him, as opposed to some quarterbacks that just feel like you just yeah, need craziness in order to move the ball down the field. I'd much rather have a guy that can move it and then occasionally make a dumb mistake. But um, I don't know. I've I've backed Buffalo a couple weeks here and got there. They played arguably the weakest schedule in the league, and they took care of business. So you got to give them that. But they played both New York teams and, and the Giants with Eli and then Cincinnati last week at home. And they won. Uh, they beat the Giants by 14 in a game where they were well ahead. And then it looked like they were honestly kind of, I don't know if they just went into cruise control or what, but they started to struggle to put that game away. And then last week against the Bengals, it was kind of a similar thing. Ended up winning by four, and then they came back and beat the Jets by one in week one. So, yeah, they're 3-0, and um, but they really haven't – been all that impressive, and then it's been against three of the bottom you know, five, six teams in the league. So I don't think you really want to give a whole lot of credence to that 3 0 record. Um, then at the same time, I mean, the Pats, they play the Jets, Dolphins, and Steelers. So, uh, you know, maybe with Big Ben, you give them credit for winning that Steelers game, but the Steelers haven't shown anything. They haven't won a game. The Dolphins haven't won a game. The Jets are, the Jets won a game. Yeah, the Jets are 0 3. So, well, the Pats played a combined 0 9. It's like, you know, how much, how much credit do you really give them for that too? Even though they've looked, they've looked extremely impressive in doing that. So you're not really sure what to make of it, I don't think. So obviously you give the, the Patriots more credit for the fashion they're winning these games in, but, uh, I just don't think either of these records are really too reflective necessarily of, of how good these teams actually are. So I think we'll, this should teach us a lot, I think, about, I think we can say with pretty good uh, certainty the Pats are a pretty good team. Uh, I think this will tell us quite a bit about how good Buffalo is here. I agree. I'd I'd look towards the Buffalo side, but I don't think I'm going to get involved in this game just because I don't I don't I, with how good the Patriots defense appears to be this year. If Buffalo does get down, and then you're asking Allen to start throwing the ball downfield when they know he's going to be throwing the ball downfield, that's not totally a recipe I'm looking for. Um, and in this spot, I'd much rather have him in the in the pick'em type range against a team like the Giants, where he's going to have big windows to throw against and be able to 
more likely to have a lot of success through the air than I think he is against this Pats defense. So for me, this is a fairly easy stay away, and uh, definitely one that we'll be we'll be watching closely though. All right, last of the early games, we got the uh, Titans of Tennessee heading to Atlanta. Looks like Atlanta's a four-point home favorite here with a total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta minus four. Look headline, Atlanta four and a half. The opener four and a half to Atlanta. The total here open 46. Uh, yeah, so we've seen some uh, some money coming in uh, a little bit on the under, but uh, not a whole lot of movement on the total, but a little bit more so money on Tennessee and I definitely like that uh, money where it's coming. I, I like the Tennessee side here. Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where this line goes, I guess, because I was kind of waiting to see, and I kind of torn a little bit. Uh, I guess I still am kind of torn, but I, I definitely do like a uh, little, I guess, lean slash like to Tennessee. Not as much conviction as I originally thought when I went over the numbers, but I think spot-wise you look at Tennessee, uh, they look just awful. I know people are saying, I, I obviously I've been against him on Thursday night football last week and with Jacksonville, but I mean, I, I, to me, I you can almost pretty much throw that game out out, out of the wash altogether. All I mean, I, I just don't think how I don't understand how you can downgrade Tennessee from that performance. I mean, it's Thursday night, the sloppy game, uh, a lot of different variables, short week. I mean, I just it was raining like crazy for a lot yeah. of it too. Yeah, sloppy. Yeah, that's why I guess that's what I meant by a sloppy game. But oh, okay. it's it. Uh, I don't, yeah, like there's just so many different variables, and it's kind of just a game where you're, it seems like you're Tennessee, just like okay, you're kind of getting beat, especially after right away what happened there. They you know had the pick six or whatever, what fumble six or whatever, and down right away uh, early in the game, and down fourteen nothing with blink of an eye, and it's kind of like all right, not that you're going to throw in the towel, but it's kind of especially the way Tennessee plays, they're a team kind of like Indy where they play close to the vest, they play close games, yeah, low scoring games. Yeah, so I mean it's just they're not when you add in the bad weather, it's like they're not a type of team that are going to come back. From, big deficit so to me it's kind of just seemed like you know, let's just get our get our group and head out of here and that's kind of the sense I got from Tennessee I'm kind of shocked that people are kind of downgrading them and giving a bad taste in their mouth in Tennessee to me and don't get me wrong I'm not too high on Mariota at all I'm not too high on this Tennessee team but all in all I don't I don't really think it's fair to downgrade them a whole lot from the, the last week performance but so now you look at this week they get extra rest like I said and uh, a time here to come back the problem is Atlanta also lost last week and they're, uh, you know, coming home, which I've talked about that a few weeks ago about Atlanta at homes. So I think a lot better. I bet on Atlanta there against Philadelphia and they snuck by him and barely held on to the win. I know they're trying to give that game away. So I don't really trust this Atlanta team either, but I think, uh, they're a significantly better team at the home, at home as opposed to away, the home road split. So that's, that's what, that's what gives me a little bit of a pause on the game. But I mean, I mean, I think the spot wise for Tennessee here, the extra rest, I just, I think Tennessee's, uh, Maybe getting a little bit too much dis- disrespect in the market from last week's performance. So I think you got to look at the Tennessee side, I guess. Yeah, it's funny because I've I'm pretty anti-Tennessee here. I just haven't been a fan of them or Mariota for probably years now. And for, for whatever reason, this just feels like a Tennessee spot. Like I don't know why, but I'm like just the straight gut feel wise, I feel super confident for some reason that Tennessee is going to cover this. And f- for a lot of the reasons you stated, it just feels like Atlanta's kind of a they're basically like a team that's going to play a lot of really close games, it seems like, even though they got blown out by the Vikes in week one. Then there's a either-or game with the Eagles a couple weeks ago and a game last week where they were getting dominated, and then all of a sudden they came back and, and had a chance to, to tie or win that game late against the Colts in the game they probably had no business playing in. But it just feels like a team that can give up points in bunches or they can come back and score a lot of points. And so they're a team that I want to, catch points with or bet against when they're laying points, uh, you know, over a field goal. And here's a spot where, t- you know, Tennessee is getting four. Um, it just seems like, 
I, I guess the, the, the game script where you are going to get in trouble is if, like you mentioned, the same thing happens where they fall down early and, uh, you know, they kind of get out of their element and try to press a little bit with Mariota. But I think a high majority of this game is just going to kind of be a back and forth and kind of grind it out type game for, for the Titans. And I do think they are going to come with a good effort here off a couple days rest, like you said, and off a pretty embarrassing, just weird Thursday night game. Uh, this just seems like a, as a field goal game written all over it. Uh, I don't know, you know, either way. So it seems like you're getting a good amount of value here with Tennessee and, and that's definitely the way I would look, even though I'm not a huge fan of Mariota and I'm not a huge fan of, of the Titans in general, but it just, uh, just feels like the screams ten- Tennessee to me. So I will, uh, I will be on that side as well. I just want to add to, I, I don't know, I think I didn't really talk about it, but I think this is correlated and I, I, I think I definitely like the under as well. I think it's a little bit too, too many points here. I think I'm kind of surprised it's over, I think 44 is kind of the number it should be at. And I think sitting at 45 and a half, 46. And like I said, I think it's correlated. If you like Tennessee, I think this is going to go under. So. Uh, to me, I might have some money on uh, both Tennessee and the under. I think that's definitely a, a where we got to look from the total perspective as well. Forgot to mention that in my handicap. Yeah, I think people are still giving credit to Atlanta as being like a great offense and you know a, a big over team like they've been in years past. And maybe, maybe they are, but Tennessee is absolutely a dead nuts under team. And Atlanta, even though they put up 51 points and 44 points a couple weeks ago, those are both should have been lower scoring games than they actually were. So. I uh, totally agree in agreement with you there. I, I would lean towards the under as well, and I do think that, yeah, the Tennessee is, is correlated with the under. So uh, if you like that side or if you like Atlanta, I think that would be a little bit more to the over. So uh, I agree. All right, on to the late games. Uh, the first one up, we got four of them here in the late get- afternoon games. Uh, we got Tampa Bay heading to the Rams. Looks like uh, the Rams are nine-and-a-half-point uh, home favorites here with a total of 48 and a half, 49. Yeah, my power in here, Rams minus 10.5. Look at line, Rams 9.5. The Westgate opened, Rams minus 9.5, and, and the total here opened 49. Uh, I don't, this, this is a really tough game for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be betting the side. I think that's pretty much for sure. I just, uh, I'm like, I'll keep it simple. I don't think Tampa Bay's a team I don't really trust, but Winston, I don't really trust either, especially, uh, not that the Rams are that great of a defense, but, uh, he, he's kind of, you saw it last week, kind of shines against these defenses that aren't that good, and I, I don't really trust him at all. So that's kind of hard for me to take a, a team and a quarterback that I don't really trust if you don't really trust me in the back door like a type of Stafford or something like that. And then the Rams, I think, on the converse, I think uh, the inverse, I think it's, uh, I don't know, they, they, I think they've taken a step down this year myself. I'm not as high on them. I think if some people, or at least at the start of the season, people had them. Uh, I think they've had some flaws on this team, and, I know the offensive line's kind of been an issue, and I'm just not really sure the offense is going to be, especially when you got the girly problems as well. So I think it's a, a tough to lay points here, especially this many points with the Rams. Uh, I think if anything, when you look at the total, I think you've kind of been on it too with this Tampa Bay team. Uh, it seems like to me it's either an over or pass. Not that I love it or anything, but it's hard, kind of hard to bet under here for uh, a Tampa Bay and the, the Rams. I think it might be a little bit somewhat of a shootout, if anything. So I'm going to pass the side and maybe lean over. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with you. Um I think the, the Bucks are a team I generally would like to. They're kind of this team where I do like them in this range, catching points as a dog, because I think Jameis is a guy where he's definitely the the stat patter. When they fall way behind, he'll go against the shell defense and come back and, and score a cheap touchdown to sneak in the back door and make the game look closer and make his stats look better. Uh, but then uh, the Rams, I think, are a team we've historically said when they, since they've had McVeigh is they like to kind of keep the pedal to the metal and you know, beat up on the the weaker teams and 
got to make them look better than they actually might be. Because I agree, I don't think they're quite as good as they were last year, and every everyone kind of thinks they are. Um, like their their games really haven't been all that impressive. They beat barely snuck by that Panthers team in Week One that didn't look all that great with Cam, and then uh, you know, Drew Brees goes out mid game and they beat the Saints fairly easily. But that one's kind of hard to tell. And then last week they held off the Browns and what could have gone either way there at the end. So. You know they're they're somewhat legitimate three and zero, but I definitely don't think they're a top top tier elite team necessarily. And uh, but I still, like I said, just the, their profile, their team. I'm not a team I necessarily want to fade because I think they will run up the score if they have the opportunity. And you might get just the Jameis implosion where your bet's dead pretty early on. But I think uh, both those things kind of lead towards the over. So I think the Bucks are a team like like I said with the Giants where. Uh, you got a quarterback that's either going to make plays or make mistakes, and both could lead to points. And their defense looked pretty good the first couple weeks against the uh, against the Niners and the Panthers, but then took a step back. And I think is more of what's likely to come last week against the Giants. So I absolutely look towards the over in this game, and uh, pretty similar to that other to the Giants game where I was talking about. It was right in that 49, 49 and a half range. So uh, probably stay away from the side if you. If I was forced to pick, I'd go Tampa, but uh, definitely on the over there. All right, next game, we got uh, an NFC West battle. Got the uh, Seahawks laying five here on the road, headed to Arizona with a total of 48. Yeah, my power in here, Seattle minus six. Look at line with Seattle, minus three, minus 120 at the Westgate. And they opened Seattle minus three, uh, sorry, Seattle minus four at the Westgate. And then the total here opened 46 and a half. And, a little bit of early Seattle money, and uh, this one's simple for me. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to bet Seattle here. I think it's a pretty good spot against a, a pretty bad Arizona team, uh, especially a division division game. Seattle's going to be motivated. I think they're – I think was a little bit fluky last week. I, I, I know I expressed my – like uh, how much I liked Seattle on the podcast last week. I ended up not – in the podcast, but I don't know. I think that was, that, that was a little fluky. I think the end of the score end, – end game score against New Orleans was – I don't want to say fluky because they kind of came back and made it closer than it looked, but at the same time, I mean, New Orleans, they didn't really do anything on offense. It made it too, you know, made me buy in a whole lot. I think it was more so like they had that fumble, that fumble six, and uh, that kick, uh, punt return, and I think just a lot of things went right for New Orleans. And, and I think uh, the problem is I'm not too high on the Seattle team, but the problem is I think all, all in all, bottom line is with the Seattle team with me is last few weeks, I think I've just been wrong with it. I've, I've been on Seattle last week, and then the week before I was bet against them in Pittsburgh. I was – and, you know, just have, I haven't been able to peg them right here. So I think I'm just going to kind of sit back, and I, I, I lean Seattle. I think that's probably the way to look. I won't be surprised if this line creeps up a little bit. So if you do like Seattle, I think you want to bet them now. I kind of, you kind of missed the boat a little bit, but it hasn't missed a whole lot of key numbers. I think it's probably going to get up to six or maybe a little bit higher by kickoff. Just kind of the, um, you know, people betting against this Arizona team. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I don't think I'm going to have any money on it myself. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, uh, the Arizona hasn't shown much at all this year. Um, so I, I don't have any interest really in backing them, but Seattle, I thought was kind of a fraudulent two and zero, and and uh, I didn't think they showed me anything last week to really change my mind. And like you said, it was kind of a weird game where they got pretty much handled, but there was some fluky stuff. So what what actually how much they actually lost by last week is a little bit questionable, but I just I don't know. I just I don't think outside of Russell Wilson, I don't think Seattle is all that talented. And really that good of a squad. So they're not a team I have any interest in laying five points in a road division game. But I also just, the Cardinals have, they looked super lifeless last week. And 
the Kyler Murray just looked kind of lost out there and was just running around and taking sacks and didn't didn't really get anything going. And the Panthers had tons of of big plays, so I don't really have any interest in backing them either. So for me, this is probably the easiest pass on the board. I just uh, don't really like either of these teams and don't uh, don't have much of an opinion. Uh, next game is uh, the NFC North battle. We got the uh, the Vikings heading to Chicago play the Bears. The Bears are uh, two-point home favorites here with a total of 38. Yeah, my power rating here is Chicago minus two. Look headline, Chicago minus three. The Westgate open, Chicago two and a half minus 120, and the total here open 38 and a half. And I'm kind of annoyed by this one. I thought this line after Chicago's beatdown would get up to three pretty much across the board, but uh, we're not really seeing that. I don't think, uh, I'm not sure if it will get there or not, but to me, I think it's a uh, the Minnesota pass for sure. I just I don't trust the Chicago team. I think I mentioned on the podcast last week, maybe the week before, about how I don't trust Cousins. I'm not really shocked at all about his performance against Oakland and an horrific defense or bad defense. I just don't trust him against a higher class upper upper echelon defense in Chicago. Obviously, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, are one of the best defenses in the league for sure in Chicago. And Minnesota obviously got a good defense as well. But it uh, I, I, Cousins, I just really worry about. But <laughs> look at the other end, you really trust Trubisky anymore. I, I don't. I think I'm, I'm going to take Cousins over Trubisky. I think it's uh, kind of the haves or have-nots here. But uh, all in all, I think for me to get on this game, I'm going to need a three in order to bet Minnesota. I think they're a better team. But uh, I think the line's reflecting here, obviously not being on three. So if it gets to three before kickoff, I'll be on Minnesota. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. I think there's quite a bit of respect for Minnesota in the marketplace is what it's looking like right now. Yeah, I took a little bit of uh, three with extra juice on the Vikes earlier in the week. For I was up there for a brief time, and I I still like the the plus two or the money line with the Vikes. I I do hear what you're saying it does worry me with Cousins and in, uh, in a big division game here. But uh, I mean the, the Bears Keenan was handed them the game last week, and they just really didn't do much with it at all. And then the they I mean they ended up winning by 16, but uh, I don't know they could have. It's just like their defense is good, but like you see this year in and year out, like the top-rated defense in the league that everybody projects to be the top-rated defense in the league again the next year, it's just hard to sustain that year after year with the defense because there's just so much random fluctuation. And so even if they go from the best defense in the league to like the sixth-best defense in the league, I think their overall prospects for their team with Trubisky drops a, a significant amount. And I think so far that's kind of shown this year where they lost to the Packers, uh, week one there in the Thursday night opener, and then now uh, they'd come back and beat the Broncos and was basically a coin flip game, even though uh, we did say it was a good spot for the Broncos there week two, but still they barely eked that one out. And then last week they got five or six or whatever turnovers from Keenum and still uh, the still were the game was a little bit dicey there late after Trubisky had that horrible red zone interception at the goal line. So I just don't really think this Bears team is nearly as good as their given credit for and I do agree with you that the um the the line is definitely re- either anti Trubisky bias or pro Viking bias or a little bit of both. So I think this is a game ten, fifteen years ago you would have gotten the full three for sure with the Vikes. And uh it's a little bit disappointing that you know, I had a lay extra juice and now you don't even have the option to down here at two. But I still think I don't know, I I think the Vikes have a pretty good chance to win this game and if they don't it's gonna be, you know, cousins heirs or dumb fumbles or something along those lines. But if both teams give their best effort here, I uh, I think the Vikes have a pretty good chance to win this one. So that's the way I'd look, but not not my most confident pick of the week by any means. Uh, next game, 
is the last of the afternoon games. We got Jacksonville heading to Denver. Looks like Denver is a three point home favorite here with extra juice and a total of thirty eight. Yeah, my power rating here, Denver minus two and a half. Look at line, Denver minus three. The Westgate open Denver three, even money. The total here, I believe open 37 and a half. I got a question mark next to my notes. But anyway, let's go with that. Uh, not a whole lot of movement on the total. Uh, yeah, me, myself, I'm already involved. I got Jack, I'm, I'm on Jacksonville here. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of torn on this game. I feel like Jacksonville, I trust more uh, a little bit. Especially with the defense, they've shown a lot better. But I think this spot-wise, I think it's just a lot better for Denver, especially traveling, Jacksonville traveling to Denver with a with a high, uh, you know, being up high in elevation like that. So I think that's got to have an effect too. Maybe the, see the Jacksonville defense get a little gas there. But again, you're looking at Flacco checkdown. So I don't know if that's going to make a whole big difference or not. So to me, this game is uh, tougher for me to personally handicap. I don't know if I'll personally have anything on it uh, for my own for my own handicap. But uh, yeah. My me from a betting perspective, I do already have a little bit of Jacksonville in my pocket. Yeah, I've I've bet Jacksonville too at uh, at plus three plus a hundred. I just think there's I don't know. I just think they're a better team all around than Denver. I, I was on Denver last week against the Packers, and I uh, just they just really haven't shown me much at all. Um, I haven't been a fan of Flacco whatsoever. He's just a statue back there, and they just don't have a ton of playmakers and. Their defense has been lifeless. I mean, they still haven't, they don't have a turnover. They still don't have a sack. Um, it's just really, really poor. And Fangio, who I was actually pretty high on coming into the season, just hasn't, he's been horrible with his game management. He's been awful with timeouts. He's, like, his game plans just haven't been that phenomenal. And as in maybe it's a small sample size, they only played three games here. And all three games, you know, they only lost by 8 2 and, and 11, so maybe I'm being a little unfair, and that'll change, but I just haven't been all that impressed. So anytime you're going to give me, you know, plus three with extra juice or or more than three betting against Denver, unless you're talking about the very bottom of the league, like Miami, I'm going to take it every time. And in Jacksonville, I feel like um, they kind of, after the week one where they just looked totally anemic against Kansas City, and I was pretty down on them uh, after I, I bet them there in week one, Maybe that's just more of a reflection of how good Kansas City is, and it was less about how terrible Jacksonville is. And then, you know, week two with Minshew's first start, and then they're in a coin flip game with the Texans. And then uh, last week on Thursday night, they win that game pretty easily against the Titans. So if Jacksonville has any kind of a pulse here, I expect them to go in and, and you know, have a very competitive game, if not win, with Denver. So catching three here at plus money just seems like a pretty, pretty great play to me. And, I think the only reason this number is where it's at is because people are giving Denver a lot of credit for their home field. And, you know, maybe, maybe rightfully so. I know it's not easy, but like you said, I think they'll be mitigated a little bit by the fact that Jacksonville's had an extra couple of days off here to prepare for it. So, uh, that's, that's definitely the way I look. And then even, even the 0 and 3 Broncos, you know, they would say, well, they're in a great spot because they're going to have their hair on fire and they're going to be desperate for a win. And it's like, well, Jacksonville's 1 and 2 in a, winnable division as well so i think they're going to be super motivated and and uh you know want to play here and get this win to get back to 500 and in a division that they feel like they're capable of winning so uh i I definitely like that side all right sunday night game we got the undefeated cowboys heading to new orleans and teddy two gloves uh looks like dallas is a two and a half point road favorite here with a total of 47 
Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas minus two. The Westgate look ahead was Dallas two and a half. Westgate opener was Dallas three. Total, you're open 45 and a half. Uh, yeah, this, this game's kind of a little, again, mechanical. I don't really have a, a huge feel for a lot of these games. I think you can probably tell that from, uh, what, what we've been talking about with the podcast a lot. I think a lot of it's more so just betting, you know, kind of just betting value and betting numbers. I think, uh, that's kind of the sign, I think, this week and kind of just got to go with what, what, what has worked in the past, even if you don't like what you see, uh, necessarily from the week before. So I think this is another perfect example. I'm not very high on New Orleans. Like I said, I, I don't think that Seattle was as bad, bad as it looked, uh, even though they didn't win and they lost at home. But I, I didn't really like it all what I saw from New Orleans and then Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater looked pretty lifeless. He didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, but he didn't do anything where I'm going to think that he can get into a, a higher-scoring game or, or be competitive with a, a higher-caliber team. And So that's, that's my biggest pause or whatever with the biggest issue with this game. Uh, but at the same time, I think one more week and going home, I think all this is going to help and, and everything as opposed to being on the road in Seattle. I think that's got to be – a big note too of if you look at Bridgewater, I mean that's just a tough place to play. I know I mentioned part of that to my handicap last week of going into Seattle, that big home field advantage. But I think Bridgewater playing at home will be a lot more comfortable and uh Grant they're gonna be playing a good team in Dallas. But I don't know, I don't really think it's warranted that Dallas should be laying I think this is more like a pickup range. Uh or you know, maybe Dallas may lane one or something like that, but two and a half with a little bit extra juice in some spots or even a three I see out there just it doesn't I don't think it's warranted uh, at all. Uh, so to me I think if you gotta take the Take the Saints. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take a three, but even at two and a half, I think it's worth a bet. Maybe a little bit of a money line wager as well. I could, like I said, I'm not too high on the Saints team. But I think I'm equally not as high on the Dallas team. I think they've they haven't played anybody. I mean, uh, that's not just me thinking. They've played like such lower bottom of the barrel teams. Just looking at their schedule, uh, that that doesn't really tell me much at all. And I don't think they just all of a sudden solved other problems and a, a playoff contender like everybody seems to make them after <laughs> beating these bad teams. Kind of like you said, uh, similarity with the with, with the Patriots. It's kind of the same deal. I think. I'll kind of wait to see it. Not that I think New Orleans is that high of a of a graded team, or that they're a upper super upper class or Super Bowl contender by any stretch. But like I said, I think uh, the home field advantage for the Saints, and I think all around the, the players, and you just look at Kamara too. I think we mentioned when we were watching the game. I think he's just a game changer. Running backs usually don't mean a lot to the points, but not that he makes a huge difference. But he just I think will help Bridgewater a lot here, and I think they'll keep him competitive in this game. So give, give me the Saints. Here. I think this is a, a bad price. Yeah, totally agree. I I love the Saints here. Uh, I actually took, I got some three early in the week. I just thought that was absurd. And, uh, and, uh, uh, whatever, in a way it's nice that the money's kind of agreed with you and it's moved down. But it does kind of suck that if you want to re-up on them and, and hit them again that, uh, it's, the number's not there anymore. But I just think, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, they play the Giants with Eli, the Redskins, the 0-3 Redskins and the 0-3 Dolphins, who, you know, might be the worst team in history. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good. They took care of who they needed to take care of, but playing three of the worst five teams in the league and two of them at home and the Dolphins game, even though they won by 25, you know, as someone who had some Dolphins money in your pocket last week, it really wasn't like a, a domination by any means of the Dolphins. They were in, I think it was 10-6 at half and the, and the Dolphins fumbled going in the red zone right before half. So they could have very easily been losing at halftime to that Dolphins team. And you know, everyone gives Kellen Moore a ton of credit for the offensive coordinator, and yeah, they've they've looked good, but they've they've torn up some you know, pretty horrendous defenses. So I don't think they're going to be scoring 30 points a game against everybody once they actually stop playing some you know little sisters of the poor here. So I I don't know I don't know exactly how good they are, but I don't think they're nearly as good as everyone makes them out to be. And then you get all the yeah people on like Cousin Sal's podcast saying they're the favorites in the NFC and. You know, right up there as Super Bowl contenders, and it's like, well, let's let's hold off until we 
totally see him play somebody that has even an outside chance of making the playoffs before we crown them uh, NFC elites here. And then conversely, the Saints. I'm with you. Teddy didn't. He made a lot of of like poor and very safe throws. In a way, he's a lot like Brissett. He's kind of a a game manager, and maybe a little bit of a glorified game manager. Uh, just a lot of checkdowns. I saw there's a Twitter thing going around where there was like a 50 second compilation of all his throws from the from the Seattle game, and I think the furthest one downfield was like 12 yards, and it was just constant dump off to Kamara, dump off to Kamara, you know Thomas on a little slant route, and and that's that's uh, you know not necessarily a win at all formula, but I think they do have a fairly good defense, and uh, and I like I like Peyton quite a bit as a coach, and when you're getting into those kind of playmakers, you know, maybe that's enough to, to for sure stay in these games. And then you, like you said, factor in the home field. Uh, it's just, there's just a lot of talent there. So if, if Teddy's not going to be killing you, I think that's what you want to avoid most is having a backup quarterback come in. It's just somebody that's not going to throw you out of games and really screw you. And I think he's, he's not going to put the team on his shoulders and come back from down 21, but he's also going to play it really safe and, and make the smart decision a lot of times. And, and kind of just methodically drive you down the field. So uh, I, I don't love having Teddy in there, but I don't mind backing him. I'm not scared to back him with my money. And uh, it paid off last week. And and uh, more of the same, I think this is a great teaser option if you want to tease uh, New Orleans up to eight and a half. I think that's uh, that would be a great a great idea. And I said I, I like a money line, liked him plus three earlier in the week. You know, even taking the two and a half isn't horrible now. So that's uh, that's definitely the way I'm looking. Finally, we got the Monday night game. We got Cincinnati heading to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh laying four here at home with a total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh three and a half. Look ahead, Pittsburgh three and a half. This game open, Pittsburgh five. Um, yeah, to me, it's pretty simple, and my numbers are kind of right where it is. It's uh, I, I'm kind of disappointed in the Rudolph's performance. I thought he'd be a little bit better. I guess we'll see here moving forward, but he was pretty pitiful all around. I didn't. Didn't do anything there in San Francisco. I know the turnovers, they were crazy. I know you were, I had a bet on San Francisco and it was just ridiculous. The, I don't know how many fumbles or what, the, what they did their interceptions they throw in the, in the red zone there for San Francisco. I mean, every time, which uh, helped my under bet for sure, but it, uh, definitely didn't help your San Francisco. And I think that, uh, didn't really yeah, have much had to do with three fumbles lost and two interceptions. And I'm pretty sure like three out of the five of them were in the red zone that just took points away. And the fact that I think they had like four of those at halftime and they were down. Nine to six was just absurd. Would turn the ball over four times and be down a field goal is really an indictment on the other team. Yeah. So I, and again, yeah, I don't think it. Uh, yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh did anything to cause those or like it was just you know fluky plays or hitting off their hands or whatever. So I think I don't really put a whole lot of that in stock into Pittsburgh of, of forcing those uh, turnovers. So at least for the most part. So. Uh, with all that being said, I, I think that you maybe see a bounce back every. But I really don't know. I don't, I'm not going to belabor it here on this handicap. I think uh, you know I'd like Cincy. I think if it's above sitting anywhere above three, I think you got to look at Cincy. But again, I'm not going to be. I'm probably not going to be involved in this game. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I I feel the same way as far as if it's anything above three. I think it's that's worthy of a bet on Cincy. It's not something I go crazy with because they're not a good team, and you don't get rich betting bad teams necessarily. But, I mean, they came back and made it respectable last week against the Bills, only lost by four, even though for the most part of the game, it looked like the Bills pretty much had it in hand. But we did say, you know, since he's kind of lingering there, and, uh, you know, ended up getting the cover last week. And then they got blown out by the Niners, which is a little concerning in week two. And then back in week one, they only lost by one to the Seahawks, and it was kind of a back-and-forth game. So, 
even though I'm not huge on Cincy, I think they are a team that's capable. They got a veteran quarterback, even though I'm not big on Dalton. At least kind of, I mean, not not similar necessarily to, to the Bridgewater uh, analysis in the last game, but with Dalton, at least I'm not worried that he's going to throw you out of the game in 10 minutes like some quarterbacks might be. And if if they are down 10 late, I think I feel fairly confident that he's going to have the garbage time touchdown to get you through the back door. And then conversely, Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't. I don't think Rudolph could look much worse last week. He's just totally anemic the the entire game. And everybody was saying, well, you know, they traded for that Fitzpatrick, and you know, they're they they most like this Rudolph kid a lot, and they're still in win now mode. And it's like, well, then they lost again last week. They're on three. He looked horrific. They got every break imaginable, and still couldn't beat a Niners team that isn't overly impressive. I don't think, even though they're three and zero. So now you got a division game here. Both teams are going to be highly motivated at 0 3 to, to, you know, not entirely get, be done with their season. So I don't think you have any motivation edge, uh, either way here. And as far as skill level goes, I, I think these rosters are pretty equal and I definitely trust Alton a lot more than I trust Rudolph. So, uh, to me, it's clearly a look towards Cincinnati here and said not one I'm going to fire with with both hands, but I I definitely think Cincinnati is worthy of, of having a bet here on Monday night. So, all right, that'll do it. That's uh, every game on the week four slate. Let's uh, finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week I got my Indy home and you got your Jacksonville home. So that brings me to two and O on the year. And Jacksonville. Let's go. That's right. And you get back to one and one. So, I uh, do keep the T-Box here, so I'll start it up. And uh kind of already alluded to this. There's there's a few plays I like. I like Cleveland quite a bit and a couple different places I go with this that over in the Giants game. But for me, it's just pretty hard to turn down. Uh Got a two-team tease here. Just pretty, pretty straightforward. Tease the Vikes up from two up to eight at Chicago and then tease New Orleans from two and a half up to eight and a half uh, at home on Monday night or Sunday night. So... That's what I'm going to do, take two teams plus eight, the Vikes plus eight, and uh, New Orleans plus eight and a half. What uh, what are you looking for for your pick of the week? Yeah, I was going to bet the New Orleans. I think I'm going to have have that in my pocket, but I think it has a decent chance of getting a three here. Uh, so, and then plus, since you already had your bet on it, I don't want to I want to give the listeners a little something different. So I think we'll I think we'll have my first total play. I kind of talked myself into. It. I think I like quite a bit uh, that 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 Tennessee Atlanta under. I think I'm going to go there. I think uh, I'm. Pretty confident that under we'll, we'll start that with the first total uh, pick of the week here of the of the season. I like that. I like that quite a bit. All right. Well, that'll do it. I guess it. what the uh, what forty five and a half is probably the prevailing number. Oh yeah, I guess we should just put a put the number on there and say, oh no, no, it was it was under. It was, yeah, it's only got a seventy and a half there. Um, yeah, I think no, I think that's uh, that looks good. Forty five and a half. Yeah, I, I guess there's forty six is too. I don't know. I guess. Um, I don't know. I guess it's uh, kind of split. There's quite a few 46s now that I look at. Yeah. Pinnacle yeah. 46. I think 46. 46. Yeah, I think yeah. 46 more more available. So we're gonna go 46 under. All right, sounds good. Well, that'll do it. You got uh, got any thoughts here from uh, from week four? No, I think like I said, I mentioned it on uh, that New Orleans game. I think to me, uh, there's not a whole game, but a lot of a lot of games I love here. But I think a lot of games that you are getting some value, or some handful of games, it's more so you just uh, bet the games because of the value, not because of what you're uh, you know really in love with the team per se. But so I think that's kind of my theme this week. Kind of just got to bet uh, bet with the system, not bet with your heart, and that's uh, hopefully we'll make some money here in the long run. 
Yeah, absolutely. I I actually like this week quite a bit, which is kind of scary because last week I didn't feel great at all and it ended up being a real good week for me. So here there's a lot of dogs I like, a lot of, a lot of short dogs and I said a lot of different teaser combinations and uh, money line bets. So don't be afraid to uh, to sprinkle this week, like VR would say. But yeah, that'll that'll do it for the week four pod. So have uh, have a good weekend, Rob. Good luck to everybody out there, and we'll be back next week, back on our normal uh, Wednesday schedule. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out AronSports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking mobile notifications, free picks, and more.